You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. And gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that Well, today, yesterday felt so much like Friday. You know, you, you had the nice weather. The whole weird not sleeping thing just kind of threw me for a complete loop. Certainly didn't make it even feel like a work day. But then again, you got the nice weather. Everybody was in a good mood. We had a coworker bring in barbecue to work. So it just, it just felt like a Friday. And the weird thing is, you would think that I would be upset today because it's like, I shouldn't have to work today because yesterday was Friday. I'm not. Because my body thinks it's Saturday. And I'm, I'm very gently trying to remind whatever part of me doesn't realize that it's not Saturday, that it's actually Friday and we have to go to work. and. It's not changing anything. So I'm still in a good mood for some reason. Like, yeah, it's Saturday. It's actually Friday. You have to go to work soon. Saturday. It's going to be cold again, by the way. It's not, it's not sunny and, and hot again today. Bring, bring, bring the warm, warm coat. Whatever, man. We're going to party all day. The one drawback to that is I've been sitting here just looking up data for college prospects, refusing to start the podcast. Like, it's been a half hour of you know, creating new Gmail accounts so that I can get a new SIS trial <laughs> and digging through um, different content. By the way, um, I've realized that that is, that is like not the ultimate hurdle. The ultimate hurdle for me in all of this is being able to make this a full-time job. But like a secondary, like the, the I know that I made it and I have crossed a major threshold is when I can pay for the NFL and college SIS subscriptions, which is like $1,300. I, I don't know why it's so expensive. They need to get that price down, man. That's crazy. I would spend a lot of money for the data they have, but that's stupid. By the way, I have not been begging for money for a while, but if you guys want to start a little something-something, you know what I'm saying? Take this show to the next level, I'm telling you. Talk amongst yourselves. It's a lot, but I mean, you know, think it over. But anyways, since we're on that topic, and a big part of the reason we are on that topic and, and why my brain is all wrapped up in this SIS stuff is because um, they started a new draft website, which is completely free. And you can see a lot of the data that they have. Uh, they've opened it up to the public, which is great. Obviously, it's not their full comprehensive uh, search database and everything else, but it does give you some really, really cool stuff. In fact, their website in general is something to kind of poke around with. They've expanded into writing articles and, and coming up with a bunch of different stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm just starting to scratch the surface. But I wanted to, because we've covered so many prospects from so many different angles, I wanted to look at some of these guys from a different angle because they provide different stats and different ways of, of looking at these prospects, which I think is actually very cool. And it gives us a, a much clearer picture. We've heard general things so sort of the, the issue with the scouting reports is you'll hear things about, for example, um, Traylon Burks not necessarily being a refined route runner. Well, what does that actually look like? And what do you mean by that? And, and you know, so you get a clearer picture of that, which I think is kind of cool. So I, I kind of want to just poke through this stuff um, in particular, and we can maybe go more in depth on these things, but they've got their leaderboards. And if you look at their leaderboard, um, they rank 
a lot of these wide receivers, and obviously these are just guys that are in the draft, which is great. Um, so I'm not sifting through like in their main database where you've got all the wide receivers. But they'll have, for example, total points per game, which is a metric that they've come up with. Basically, it's, it's a system where they look at all the different stats, and they put that together into a point system to say, how many points do you get per game? How many points do you get per route, which I think is the most relevant, right? The, the, the more granular you can get, the better, in my opinion. And yes, I use the word granular a lot. It just works for me, all right? Leave me alone. But obviously, if you take points per game and you run more routes than somebody else, then you're going to accumulate more points because you ran more routes. The question for me is, on a route-to-route basis, where do you rank? But um, total points per game, Garrett Wilson ranks number one, Sky Moore number two, David Bell, surprising, well, surprisingly and not, David Bell and um, Jalen Weidermeyer are kind of, they're guys where you'll hear two very different opinions depending on who you ask. I think um, data guys, which I, I'm finding out that I'm becoming one of them. I don't want to be because I know film is incredibly important, but it's just, again, I'm not wired that way. I'm a numbers nerd, and that's just the way it is, so that's kind of me. If you ask data guys, David Bell and J- Jalen Weidermeyer, the tight end, are useless and not worth drafting. If you ask film guys, they love David Bell, and they love Jalen Weidermeyer, and I can attest to that. Again, not that I'm any kind of scout, but I watch Jalen Weidermeyer, and I'm like, I don't see anything wrong with this guy at all. He's, I mean, he's not a super elite athlete or anything, but he just he looks like a very competent tight end to me. Like, I don't see, I don't watch him and just think this guy's trash in any way. But uh, David Bell and Jahan Dotson are tied for third, and then Drake London comes in fifth. Just to give you kind of an example of um, how this would work, I guess. But if you look at points per route, and again, you got to kind of dig into, here's what they say about total points per route. And this is the same thing I say about PFF. The more comprehensive the grade is, the more you introduce, um, I guess, issues. What would be the right phrasing here? There's sort of an inverse relationship between being comprehensive and being accurate, I guess, would be the best way to put it. And, and you can try to make these comprehensive grades as accurate as is humanly possible. It's the same thing with PFF grades. I love the grades because they're comprehensive and I want comprehensive. I don't want to necessarily just see a number because I, you need to kind of dig into the million different reasons why that number is what it is. For example, yards. Yards is 100% accurate, or at least 99%, you know, ball placement or whatever. <laughs> But it just, it just is what it is. There's no variability. If you got 1,000 yards as a receiver, you got 1,000 yards as a receiver. There's no, like, well, depending on how you tweak the data, da, da, da. no, it's 1,000. It's exactly 1,000. The problem is it doesn't tell you anything. The correlation between that and are you a good football player, although it's not zero, there's a lot of different reasons why that can be, and most data is that way. Even if you look at yards per route run, I think yards per route run, in terms of just a, a pure number that is 100% accurate, right? It's There's no variability. It's exactly what it is. And I think it's a very good metric that probably correlates to being a good receiver more than, than any other, but it's still not a perfect one. For example, if you're um, Devontae Adams, which is maybe not the best example because he's also a very good wide receiver, but if you're on a team and you're a receiver who gets a massive share of the targets, not only because you're good, but because there's such a big drop-off, in other words, if the other players on the team can change the variable in any way or, or, or can change the metric, that's not a very good metric. In other words, if, if your yards per route run goes down because we drafted a really good wide receiver, 
that's bad because it shouldn't have anything to do with anybody else. What, what I want to know if, if I want to know you're a good wide receiver is strictly isolating you as a player, as a wide receiver. It shouldn't take into account the quarterback. It shouldn't take into account the other receivers, the offensive line. Shouldn't shouldn't even necessarily take into account the defense. I mean, it, it kind of has to, but you know, in in a perfect world, it wouldn't. And so there there is sort of that, or 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 for example, uh, a team that has two wide receivers as opposed to five wide receivers. If you run way more two wide receivers, and you, and you generally don't throw to running backs and everything else, you're going to get more targets. And if you get more targets, you're going to get more receptions. And if you get more receptions, you're going to get more yards on it on a route to route basis. So that number goes up. And if we change from a two wide receiver offense to a, a more five wide offense, you're going to get, end up getting less targets. So your yards per route run goes down, even though you as a wide receiver did not get any worse whatsoever. So again, I love things like total points because it is a comprehensive thing. It's, it's saying we, we did all the work. We looked at the yards per route run, the yards, the, the separation, all these different metrics, and we determined the value and the weights of each of these things and put together a comprehensive grade for you so that we can give you the clearest possible picture of good receiver. And we did it on a per route basis. So that's perfect. That's exactly what I want. But again, the issue is with every single one of these things, there's going to be some inaccuracy, right? Because you're taking exactly correct data and you're trying to weight it against all the other things to give you as clear of a picture as possible. And with each one, there's going to be some error. And you add up all the error across all the different things that they're adding into this point system, and you have a lot of error. And there's really no getting away from that. But again, I still prefer these types of metrics. Let me read to you what they said about what this metric is. Total points is taking nearly everything that SIS measures about a play and uses it to evaluate each player on a scale that allows you to compare them more easily. Total points rating is total points per play compared to average, scaled so that 50 is poor, 99 is excellent. Now, one of the major issues that I have with this scale, (laughs) if I was working at SIS, I would try to change this, is that it's actually not that hard to achieve a 99. There are nine players with a 99 overall grade. Um, however, it's still useful because some of these guys actually have, you know, it gives you an idea of how not super great a lot of these guys are. But the nine are Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, Javion Hiley, which is another thing that I want to do is be able to look at some of these names that keep popping up that we haven't talked about. Maybe go check it out. But, excuse me, Javon Hiley. He's over at Coastal Carolina, which, you know, again, it's one of those things where you're expected to be a good player because you're at, at Coastal Carolina, but still, it's worth, worth going and looking at him. He's currently consensus ranked 234th overall player. Um, Drake London, Sky Moore, Jalen Naylor out of MSU, Khalil Shakir, Jamison Williams, and Garrett Wilson all have 99 overall grades. Uh, a couple of other names that we know that are that are on this list. David Bell has a 98. Wandale Robinson, a 97. Romeo Dobbs, Dubs, however you say his name, has a 96. Velus Jones has a 96. Uh, Tyquan Thornton has a 96. Chris Olave is down here at a 92, which I want to touch on that for just a second. Once we're done with this list, I guess. Um, Jalen Tolbert has a 92. Kevin Austin, 91. John Mechie, 91. Um, Reggie Roberson, 88, Justin Ross, 87, Eric Ezukanma, 86, Alec Pierce, which breaks my heart, is all the way down here at an 84, and I think that's about it of the names we actually care about. (sighs) Look, about Chris Olave, this kind of ties into a couple different things, but 
I did my uh, mock draft, and it's not my official mock draft. I just started my official mock draft yesterday. I've got about three picks done. Um, and it's, it's not even official. I'm doing like three different official ones, and we'll see how many I can actually get done. But um, I'm kind of working on a what would I do mock draft. But the, the mock that I did do was based on the board that I built. Um, and, and again, some of these things are going to be wildly inaccurate, but the point is some of these wildly inaccurate things are going to end up coming true because some of these players are wildly over and underrated. So some of the guys that are really high or really low on my board are because of inaccuracies with my board. And some things are just players being overrated. One of the guys that is rated much lower on my board is Chris Olave based on every available metric. And again, as we get into even SIS data, because that's primarily, um, PFF data, when you get into SIS data, it's not much different with Chris Olave. Now, that doesn't mean he's, he's not a very good football player, but um, another thing I was looking at yesterday that I don't think I'm really going to dive into because I, as much as I was really excited about diving into it, it's a lot of redundant information that we've already talked about. Um, but Bob McGinn is, is releasing his articles about the draft, and he went through wide receivers. And again, I got completely bashed because Olave ended up as a second-round prospect. And I don't expect him to be a second-round prospect, but we, again, get so hung up on the 100%. Olave is an elite wide receiver. He's, he's, he's clearly, the, he's, you know, he's untouchable. He's all these kinds of things. We just completely refuse to acknowledge that it is basically an NFL consensus that Chris Olave is not an ex-number one wide receiver. He's just not. And really, nobody expects him to be that. Nobody. He is, he is expected to be a really good number two wide receiver. One of the things that was mentioned um, in his article, first of all, is that we, we overrate all these wide receivers. The, the scouts are not really high on any of these guys because there is no, as I've been saying forever, there is no real true dominant number one. And the guys that you think can be X receivers are, are not elite receivers. And the elite receivers are not, you know, number one receivers. So you've got guys like Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, and Garrett Wilson, and Jahan Dotson that are good receivers, but they're too small. Here, here is a quote from the article. Quote, you'd certainly like bigger than Olave, Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, and, Dahat, and Dotson, uh, an AFC executive said. Quote, they're smaller guys. You get a bigger guy with London, but you give up speed. You hope the separation quickness is good enough, which I think it is. Burks is, is not a real polished receiver, but he can do a lot of different things with the ball. If you're going uh, if you're going to be a smaller guy, these guys at least have speed and separation quickness you need at a really high level. So the point is, there's really nobody that checks all the boxes. All the guys that you like as with their speed and their separation, they're too small. All the guys that are big enough are too slow, and they're not really very good route runners. So the idea that we, and, and listen, there may still be a very early run on receivers because the NFL is obsessed with receivers. And, and you know, Jamison Williams in particular, if he ends up going like 10, 11, 12 and is the first receiver off the board, he might even go inside the top 10. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised because, again, the NFL is unbelievably obsessed with these types of wide receivers. Here's another quote. You could start talking about any of them from like 15 down. And an, an AFC scout said, there really aren't a lot of legitimate number one wideouts in, not a lot of Devontae Adams, but Williams, Alave, and Wilson are legitimate win with starters. I don't see an Alave or Wilson in the league with Devontae Adams or Calvin Johnson or Julio Jones or Jamar Chase. There is no transcendent player. None of these guys tested crazy. They went on to say, I don't think people realize how big the good NFL receivers are. We have a database right in front of us. There just aren't a ton of successful receivers that are under 185 pounds. You have to be a really good player at that size. 
Continuing, speed guys have a place if they get to the right team and right system. They can be effective, but it's a physical game. Look at the corners people are drafting. The corners are bigger and faster. When those guys get their hands on them, the speed doesn't show the same way it does in college. And again, this is my issue with a lot of speed guys, especially Jamison Williams, who, again, in my opinion, is just speed. Up against NFL corners, it doesn't mean that much. These corners are way bigger. I mean, we, we have them on our team, guys that can run basically stride for stride. Well, no, you can't because we don't have 4-2 guys, and he's a 4-2 guy. You can if they start getting their hands on you. You're not running 4-2 with a guy in your chest. Even even the guys that are, they just got their arm kind of slightly in front of you, you think that doesn't drag you down to a 4-4 speed, trying to fight through somebody's arm that's just kind of slowly barricading? Of course it is, as they slowly push you out of bounds, as they jam you up at the line. These guys aren't just going to let you run 4-2 right down the speed the, the, the field unabated. And again, I've already covered what some of the scouts say about Chris Olave, but just to be clear... There are scouts who don't see him as a first-round prospect. I think he goes in the first round. I don't think that's necessarily even super debatable. But just to be clear, because again, everybody's 100% positive that, that him going in the second round is stupid. If it was up to some teams and some scouts, he absolutely is not a first-round prospect. He's going to go because all it takes is one team to say he's absolutely the guy we need. But the idea that everybody knows he's like a top 15 prospect and to say otherwise makes you an idiot is just inaccurate. Let me read you a couple excerpts from NFL scouts. Here you go. He moves the sticks. This is an NFL scout. He has a feel for zone, clean in his routes. He can get vertical and produce against single coverage. Like him as a gunner covering punts, he's not a true round one player. He's a number two to number three wide receiver. More second to third round range. You just want to see more explosion and make you miss after the catch. So listen, I'm, I'm not saying you should believe my, my big board necessarily in terms of Chris Olave's value. And, and presumably some of the numbers may have to do with the fact that he's a number three receiver on his own team, despite being a very good wide receiver. It just has to do with how good those other guys are, which is going to draw down some stats, not all stats, but some stats might get drawn down. It's also fair to note that he's going up against number three corners in that system. So there's, there's both sides of that coin as well. But again, the, the, the real point here is to just be open-minded about stuff. Don't get so locked in because the same people in the draft community keep saying the same thing to you over and over and over and over and over again. And usually, here's the other thing, in the draft community, everybody gets described as a freak. That's how you know they're so full of it. You shouldn't be listening to, to these guys' assessments quite so intently. I mean, take, take everything with a huge grain of salt. They're giving you all the positives. But the fact of the matter is everybody is a freak. If you listen to the Draft Network or everybody at Bucky Brooks, and granted, these guys know, I mean, they're, they're very good at their job. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, these guys are very, very experienced, very, very talented, but they, they look at everything through a positive lens. And so if, you know, 3% of these draft prospects end up being very, very good football players, they will talk about 100% of these draft prospects that they bring up as though they're going to be very good football players. They talk about explosion and, and he, the way he can get to the quarterback. and ah, da, 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 da. Everybody they list is, is a freak. And again, the, the thing that I really love about these Bob McGinn articles is you listen to scouts who are in the league and they're, they don't see it that. They're looking at first-round prospects going, eh, he's all right. Now, they're still going to go in the first round, but they're, they're not gushing over these guys as though this is the next Devontae Adams. If somebody takes Chris Olave in the first round, it's because it's who they think makes the most sense for them in that spot, and they love his skill set on their team. They probably have a number one guy. They're looking to get a, a, a real true, again, Calvin Ridley's a great comp, and Calvin Ridley's a great player, by the way, especially when you've got a, they don't anymore, but when you've got a Julio Jones there, 
He's a perfect complement to a Julio Jones. But if the Packers drafted Chris, and this this is why there's always such a huge disconnect. If the Packers did draft Chris Olave, the assumption is he's going to be an elite wide receiver. Week one, day one, he's going to be elite, right? He's just going to, he's going to tear it up. He's the next Devante. He's the second coming. The Packers don't even believe that. And that's why a lot of times these guys hardly ever even start in Green Bay. And then fans lose their mind because they've been told over and over and over again, this is an elite player. And if you get a first round draft pick, they should be so good. And look at Jamison Williams and or, or, uh, Jamar Chase, even though he struggled for a long time before becoming a very good football player. But oh my goodness, just, just look at it. We sh- he should have been that good and he's not. And it's a Packers failure and all the... No, it's, it's you having unrealistic expectations because you were told Chris Olave going outside of the top 20 is impossible because he's an elite. And I'm not just trying to pick on Chris Olave. It's all of them. It's all of them. I'm just, I'm using this as an example because it came up. It came up for me in my mock draft where Olave went in the second round, I think to the Packers, by the way, which just, Packers got a bunch of really good picks in my mock and I swear it wasn't on purpose. It's just, people just fell. We got Akema Kwanu, I think at 28. <laughs> Which, by the way, he's another one. When you look at SIS data, PFF data, it's not that good for him. Charles Cross is way better. Now that, again, film might be very different, but based on all the data, Iquanu's not super great at any metric. So again, it's not just an Olave thing. I think I, I like Olave a lot. I love him as a route runner. He's, he's my kind of guy. I always like the, the shifty, separation, smaller guys. The problem is I'm always wrong about these guys. I always think that all you need is, is to be able to separate. If you can, you know, break out of a route and get instant separation, how can you not win with that? I don't know the answer to that question, but they don't. It seems like that's automatic. If you can plant your foot in the ground and just burst through that route and you have three yards of separation, the quarterback should be right there with the ball in your chest. And, it, and it's an unstoppable thing. But none of these guys that I really like ever translate in the NFL. Not saying Chris Olave can't, I'm just saying I'm always, you know, the Jahan Dotsons, those are my guys. So I'm a personal fan, but we need to start having some more realistic expectations and understanding that it's entirely possible that most of these first round guys probably shouldn't have gone in the first round. And there are going to be second round guys and third round guys that easily should have gone in the first round. And we won't know that until like 2024, but we'll find out. So again, As I go through this, now that I've spent a a massive amount of time talking about this, just, again, keep an open mind and understand that it's not going to be ranked. If we look at total points per route, it's not just going to be, well, Jamison's number one and Garrett Wilson's number two and Chris Olave's number three. That's not how these things break down at all. Anyways, continuing on, total points per game, they don't do per route, but per game will, will suffice in the slot. Not going to go through the whole list, but interestingly enough, um, fourth on this list is Sky Moore. Now, I'm, and and again, the the reason I'm hesitant to say this is the last time I said this was Justin Jefferson, and I ended up looking like an idiot, and I should have just said he's really, really good and could play anywhere, but my concern is he's just a slot guy with Sky Moore. He is the fourth highest graded, I guess, um, slot receiver on this list. Now, we don't actually care about slot guys. We got the slot covered, but I just wanted to point that out in terms of, because when you look at total points per route, total points per game, and you look at, you know, Sky Moore being ranked number one, that's really cool. And he is. He's number one in total points per game. But it's worth noting that primarily those points come from his ability as a slot receiver. If you look at Sky Moore, who is, again, number one in total points per game, he drops to number eight when you look at him out wide. Number eight. Doesn't mean he's bad, but... It's worth noting that. 
if you look at guys out wide, which is what we're looking for, number one, David Bell. I know he ran real slow, and there are, there are absolutely going to be, and this is in the article as well by um, Bob McGinn, there are going to be teams that just take him off the board because of his 40 time. Just saying, I don't care how good he looked in college, y- y- there's thresholds, and if you don't meet that, you're off the board. And I'm resisting so hard making another clarification because we got to get through some of this stuff. But <laughs> I just want to be clear about one more thing because I, I don't want any misconceptions. When I said we don't know 100% that guys like Jahan Dotson aren't going to be drafted by the Packers, that doesn't mean that it's impossible they took them off their board. It is possible. It's possible that these guys just are not on their board at all. All I'm saying is from our perspective, we don't know that. And from our perspective, we aren't 100% sure that they aren't on the board. And there's a situation where they become valuable enough that they get drafted. But yes, it is possible that the Green Bay Packers have taken Jahan Dotson off the board. They've taken other guys because of their age, injury history, off-field, whatever, this, that, or the other, that they've taken them off. It is possible. But uh, point is, if you haven't watched David Bell yet, it's worth watching. Because apparently, and maybe, maybe you're similar to some of these teams that are, you know, for you, he's just off the board. I don't really care. I don't really want him. But understand, it's not entirely impossible the Packers draft him. I do think it's unlikely because they're very high on athleticism and clearly this is not an athletic guy, but he's a very, very good football player. I don't know how he gets it done. Maybe it's just he can't get it done in the pros, but in college, he's very, very good. Um, Second, as far as out wide total points per game, Garrett Wilson, followed by Drake London, then Jalen Naylor, and then Charleston Rambo. There are 45 guys listed here. I'm not going to go through all of them. There's nobody that we like that's super low on this list. So I'm not really going to really bother with that. Um, yards per route run is just sort of a basic stat. We can find that anywhere, so it's not really an SAS thing we need to dig into. Catchable, ca- catchable catch percentage, I love. I love catchable catch percentage, right? Because we talk about you know drops, and there are certain metrics that kind of touch on it, but this is ultimately what I want to know. The ball was catchable. Did you catch it? Of the guys we care about, highest on this list, which is surprising because I didn't really know, Jamison Williams, 96%. He's tied for number one in that category with Britton Britton Covey. Next on the list, Sky Moore, 95%. Garrett Wilson, 94%. um, Jahan Dotson, 92%. Drake London, 92%. John Mechie, 92%. Velus Jones, 91%. Olave, 91%. Wandale Robinson, 90%. David Bell, 87%. Um, Skipping, skipping, skipping. Traylon Burks is 84%. This is an issue for Traylon Burks. There are some guys that just, you know, again, these are catchable passes. This is not, um, we're not talking about batted passes. We're not talking about bad throws. We're, we're, we're talking about this is on target and you didn't catch it. Traylon Burks, 84%. Um, Jalen Tolbert, 84%. Calvin Austin, 81 Kevin Austin, 81 Second lowest on this entire list, Alec Pierce, 75%. We hear about Christian Watson, and by the way, he's, I don't think he's even on this list. I don't know what his number would be. Um, actually, I wonder if I can pull it up on SIS. He doesn't want to pull it up. I don't know where he's at, but he's got, he gets dinged for it. But it is worth noting some of the other guys that we really like. In fact, three of the more popular picks for the Packers all have drop issues. I mean, 75%, man, that's, that's terrible for Alec Pierce. We're talking 21 in four times. I'm going to throw you a catchable ball and you're going to drop it. Do you have any idea how much Aaron Rodgers is going to hate this guy? <laughs> that he is going to hate Alec Pierce. I mean, it's all about trust. That's terrible. And again, Traylon Burks isn't a ton better at, at 84%. I mean, it's still pretty low on this list. Another interesting stat for wide receivers. 
route running. How many different routes did you run as a receiver? This is this goes to versatility of your route tree. Again, sticking with receivers that um, we are more familiar with. For reference, though, Jareth Stearns is number one, 23 routes. So that's sort of the top of the route tree. Very versatile route tree. Um, at number five or tied for fifth, 18 routes, you've got John Mechie and Wandale Robinson and Jamison Williams. So Alabama makes sense that they're on the same team. They have similar playbooks, et cetera, et cetera. So Jamison Williams, Wandale Robinson, John Mechie, 18 different routes. Um, Khalil Shakir, 17. Jalen Tolbert, 17. Jahan Dotson, 16. Calvin Austin, 15. Chris Olave, 15. Um, Drake London, 14. We've got Sky Moore at 13. You've got Tyquan Thornton at 13. David Bell at 12. Traylon Burks at 12. So again, you can see where the issues with him being a refined route runner, partially due to his ability as a route runner, but also just because of his exposure to a very limited route tree. 12 compared to, again, the top end being 23. Uh, Valus Jones is at 12. Alec Pierce is at 12. Same thing. Um, at the lowest end, Eric uh, Ezukanma, nine routes. And that's at Texas Tech, which kind of makes sense because they're a very vertical threat, five wide type of type of an offense. So it's just it's just a system thing, and these are things that you get to know with with certain teams, and you start to familiarize yourself with that are complications with certain players. If you get a guy out of Texas Tech, he's not going to have a very refined route tree. In fact, the entire Texas Tech offensive system is very different than what the NFL runs. So there's going to be some tweaks in 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 and delayed in development in your understanding of an NFL offense. Um, targets above expected per 100 routes. So expected is the one thing that we don't really understand where they get that from, but I love the above expected metrics and they have a bunch of them for different uh, position groups, especially for like defensive line and edge. I I love some of these above expected metrics, but um, just sort of some more context in terms of how much better are you than, because ultimately that's, that's sort of the number one thing I'm looking for. How much better are you than everybody else? That's some of the problem I see with, with a lot of these guys is you'll look at people post clips of highlights and you look at it and go, Anybody in the world could have done that. The, the, the number one person for me that really drove me nuts was um, Ezekiel Elliott. Every single highlight I saw of Ezekiel Elliott was not impressive. It was a wide open hole that he ran through. And then he ran down the field and there were no defenders anywhere. I don't know how you have such a bad defense that you don't have a single linebacker or safety anywhere near this guy. But I, I think there was in one game, he had three big runs for touchdowns, and everyone pointed to that as like, look how good this guy is. It's like literally any running back would have gotten a 70-yard touchdown on that play. So the fact that you got a 70-yard touchdown is not impressive. The question is, what did you do with what you had? Right? It's, it's, it's kind of like poker. It's easy to win the hand when you have a royal flush. It's not easy to win a poker tournament, though, because you have to win with whatever hand you have. Sometimes you have to win when you don't even have the best hand. And so that's part of the metrics that you look at. And, and so what this is sort of doing is normalizing. Let's say everybody has, you know, a, a pair of kings. Who wins the hand? Only one person can win the hand. Who's going to win the hand? So anyways, targets above expected. Calvin Austin, 8.7. Wandale Robinson, 8.5. Jahan Dotson, 4.8. Tyquan Thornton, 3.3. Drake London, 2.8. Valus Jones, 1. Garrett Wilson, 1. David Bell, 0.5, and then we get into the negatives. Sky Moore, negative 0.5. Traylon Burks, negative 1.3. Jalen Tolbert, negative 1.6. Chris Olave, negative 2.4. Again, that may be 
in part due to the other guys that are there. Jamison Williams, negative 3.4. Alec Pierce, negative 3.7. John Mechie, negative 6.7. And then um, finally, the uh, there's a bunch of other metrics that you can look at here, but as far as ones that I think are pretty relevant, deep route percentage. So what percentage of the times when you, well, let me read how they phrase it. Percentage of routes run by a receiver that have an average target depth of at least 15 yards. So not a ton of the top guys are guys that we care about, but I want to read off the list of four guys that are above 50%. Kevin Austin out of Notre Dame, 52%. Braylon Sanders out of Ole Miss, 53%. Samore Toure out of Nebraska, 55%, and Rashawn Henry out of UVA, 67%. Um, Got to work our way way down the list. One of the more interesting things about this list, Chris Olave is number 10. He's the top guy of the guys that we care about. Because I know everybody is automatically going to assume that Jamison Williams is at the top of this list. He's 28th. He's near the bottom of this list, which in my opinion is a massive positive for for me looking at um looking at Jamison Williams because it's hard to pigeonhole him as just a speed guy just a deep threat when he's 28th out of a list of 45 wide receivers on deep route percentage especially when you factor in he's one of the few guys that ever crossed that 1500 yard mark and only 35% of his routes came on passes beyond 15 yards but anyways in order Chris Olave 42% Garrett Wilson, 40%. Alec Pierce, 39%. Calvin Austin, 38%. Wondell Robinson, 37%. David Bell, 36%. Drake London, 36%. Drake London, higher deep route percentage than Jamison Williams. That's crazy to me. Um, Tyquan Thornton, another guy you would expect to be much higher, 36%. Jamison Williams, 35%. Traylon Burks, 33%. Um, John Mechie, 32%. Sky Moore is dead last, 24%. Again, that makes sense because he's kind of a slot guy. He's, he's, he's just a, a real crisp route runner that's not going to win down the field. He's, he's like the exact opposite, of my, in my opinion, of um, Jamison Williams. In fact, you know what? Draft Sky Moore and Jamison Williams will be fine. In reality, I think, and this, this is another thing that was said in the article, what teams really want is three guys that can do everything as opposed to three guys that can do one thing. You know, like combined, they're one good receiver. But again, this this is becoming my issue with Sky Moore is it's a question I have, but then all the data is also pointing to he's just a really crisp route running probably slot receiver. He's like old school Randall Cobb. You're going to hit him on that like 8-yard slant route every time, which is awesome, but we don't need that. We have two slot guys and and Lazard and that's it. That's our entire group. So anyways, um, I'd love to cover more, more positions. That was my intention, but I got a little rambly and ranty. Plus, I spent so much time looking at, uh, you know, different SIS things. I don't even think I took a break. So that's a my bad. I guess I guess today you get a bonus breakless day. I'm not going to slap one in randomly. We'll just, we'll just skip it today. It's a short episode, only 35 minutes, but I got to get going. By the way, if there's anything you'd like me to dig into a little bit more, I've got that one-week subscription, man. Let me know, and I'll poke around and see what I can find. But again, check out the website for yourself. It is, um, well, it's, it's, it's not easy to find. It's nfldraft.sportsinfosolutions.com. You got to spell the whole thing out. I don't know why they couldn't have just done sis.com. I guess they can't afford it. They should be able to because they charge $1,200. It's like 700 and something for um, just NFL. It's $1,000 for college, I think. And then combined, you can get it for like 1300 bucks or something. I don't know. 
But again, some really good draft stuff. Uh, they've got a big board set up so that you can um, see it in that fashion, but also click on the individual prospects. When you do that, you get some pretty cool stuff as well. I don't know why I'm doing a free ad for uh, SIS, but I just, I like them. So maybe I, sh- maybe I should, you know, I did that with uh, Pro Football Focus back in the day. I advertised for them and they gave me a free account. And then next year I was like, hey, um, I'm here for my free account again. They're like, oh yeah, no, we're not, we don't do that anymore. We're, we're too big and important. Then I had to pay and I was sad. But if you, for example, click on Traylon Burks, you kind of get all these things in one picture. Um, and then it just has their rank. So you can go through and see like uh, TPR per route, 99 overall, he ranks number one. Uh, he ranks 20th in points per game, 11th uh, points per game from the slot, 18th out wide. Catchable catch, he ranks 36th. Unique routes, he ranks 32nd. So on and on and on. He's got the overall, I mean, they have a a full scouting report here that you can read, as well as just a short summary. Burks will have to improve as a sharp uh, route separator as his tree expands moving forward, but his body control, catching skills, and competitive speed make him an impact player at all the levels. By the way, the other thing that I really like that they have is they have a ranking out of 10 based on just general factors which I love. I wish more people had this because a lot of people just want this snapshot. So for example, hands, seven, separation, five, run after the catch, seven. Release, six, route running, five, route savvy, six, play speed, six, contested catch, eight, playmaker, seven, tracking, seven, body control, seven, clutch performance, seven, blocking, six, toughness, six. I love that. And they've got all his stats and everything else. And again, you can do that for everybody. And this is is completely free. So go check it out. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Friday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.